Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the show. We have my dear friend, Kendra Douglas. She's been all around, currently the sports reporter in Orlando, Florida at West 2. This woman was a track athlete at UNC, and if she covers your team for the NFL, you're going to win the Super Bowl. She covered the Chiefs on their run, covered the Bucks on their run last year. She's done a bunch. She's been down in Rio covering Usain Bolt's last Olympics, everything that happened down there. I was lucky enough to join her for one night of that. But welcome to the show, Kendra. So happy to have you. How have you been? later you know yeah you know i'm so happy i get to do this with you it's crazy to think that like you just told me my whole life and i'm like gosh i've been really fortunate to do a lot of things and it's funny i went to the gym the other day and coincidentally there was a guy who i guess is from kansas city area and he remembered me and he was like the audacity of you leaving and then <laughs> coming to florida and i was like wait are you here too all right <laughs> but no it's Yeah, and of course, that's what this podcast is all about, is the places that sports and music take you. So we got to start, as we do with every guest, you had a long track career, longer than a lot of the people will probably have on this, because you actually made it to a D1 athlete level, which is more than I can say. So what was your go-to pump-up song, maybe in high school, maybe in college, before you ran out on the track, your last one before you took the headphones out, the one that really got you in the zone? Oh, God. Um, All right, high school. Okay, so I'm really big on, like, oldies and goodies like I'm super I love new stuff except for like this new age things I'm like <laughs> what are we doing who are these kids who is little remote control like I don't get it <laughs> but, <laughs> you know um but I loved everything about Kanye West in his old days I mean Jesus was a pretty good one for me too I think and I think I remember like during track I would literally listen to the life of Pablo all the time and only like stretch my hand, hand like father stretch my hands part of two yeah and i think like ultralight beam were like my two like go-tos because they just felt like they just like got you going like you just were like in the zone um all the time for that high school it had to be stronger i remember like that was literally on every single athletic like yeah you know like Football played it, volleyball played it. Like, you just literally can't get away from that song. But it has so many, like, it has such a good meaning behind it, you know? So I think it's something that's lasted forever. I still honestly play that song because, like, it was when Kanye was still, like, amazing. And I loved him. But, yeah, probably, like, Life of Pablo was probably, like, my last huge album that, like, I listened to while I was running track. For sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Kanye's a, a great choice, obviously. Sorry to all the Taylor Swift fans, but musical genius. He's going to have every album basically has beats that are just going to slap a little bit harder than most of the tracks. You know, you can play a classic hip hop playlist to get you through a workout, but his just always hit a little different. And especially too, like the ones you talked about with Stronger is a classic. I remember putting that on, you know, our stupid lacrosse, like through the stadium pregame warm up playlist. Because, like you said, the lyrics connect, too. It's not even just the beat. And obviously, the remix of Daft Punk is another legendary 
a musician, a group, musician group who's going to make a bunch of tracks that get you going as well. You know, One More Time is another great one that really kind of gets you active. And then adding Kanye's touch on that, it's a perfect one, especially back in high school. That song was, like you said, everywhere and inevitable. Did you have, like, going off of that, though, do you have a song maybe now or a song back then that you had to play for, like, those longer distances or when you really wanted to go faster? Maybe it's one now because, obviously, you're not running track anymore. When you go out on a run, you need that little extra motivation to find that, those old gears that you still have from back in the day. I literally hate running now. Um, (laughs) So, like, maybe, so, I know, right? Like, doesn't everybody... I think, like, majority of the time, like, you never, like, I never, like, really listened to music while I was, like, really, um, running, running, because I think I needed my brain to just be clear. I needed nothing. I needed, not, I needed literally nothing. But it was, like, during the warm-ups and stuff, I think that, like, I was always listening to anything, like I said, anything Kanye, but I think anything that, like, really just could get you moving and going. So it probably was, like, I was never really into, like, like, you'll never listen, you'll never hear me listen to, like, Drake's Marvin's room like while I'm working out like what <laughs> I feel like that's just depressing um but like I definitely had some Drake in there and I think now when I'm working out and stuff I'm not gonna lie sometimes like these new kids just kind of have these weird beats that I'm just kind of like all right like it's, it's getting me going it's getting me pumping um but I think now it's kind of still like in the DJ Khaled and like Drake mindset like I just need things that are like loud and abrupt and like I need someone saying another one you know I need someone like (laughs) mentally pushing me instead of like me telling myself you can do it again I need I need DJ Khaled to yell like another one and I'm like let's do this so for you, I've noticed, like, especially what you said about Stronger, you kind of pick up on some of the lyrics, too. You don't need just like a, yeah. like a you know, beats per minute, a bunch of EDM tracks. You need a little bit of the lyrics, the motivation, the, trying to have kind of like that trainer in your ear of like, hey, another rep, something to keep pushing you forward, and maybe a flow that kind of keeps you going as well. It's not so much just the sound of the music or I'm going to play a really hard hitting, heavy beat thing to get me going. You, you need a little bit of the lyrics involved as well. No, I think so for sure. And I think, of course, like, whenever I was sad after a running event and I didn't do well, I was definitely, then you're going to hear me listen to some Marvin's room, even though it has nothing to do with track, you know, like, yeah. then you're going to hear me, like, listen to some words, because I want to be in a moment. I want to be sad for a second and then be like, like, I know some people were like, no, you want to listen to music, like, they'll pump you up and get you going for the next race. And I was like, no, 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 I need to be in my emotions for, like, two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, can't, I need to be in those feelings. So yeah, exactly. no, I, it's funny you say that because for sure I think I have to listen to things that like words are motivating and, and will like get me going for sure. Yeah, and sometimes music, I guess, is a way to do that because someone else, you know, a coach being in your ear. I don't know if you saw the gymnastics trials. Simone Biles takes a tumble of you know unheard of. Everybody's in shock, and her coach doesn't even talk to her afterward. Just kind of gives her that space, gives her that open thing. And I feel like music was a way maybe for you that. You don't need that coaching right now. You just kind of need, you know, Drake whispering in your ear to get you to the next point. Drake is your coach at that point. And music's a great way to do that, to kind of put you in that moment. Coach Drake. He, I mean, he was literally like in Kentucky killing it. Then with the Raptors, I mean, Coach Drake. I mean, we've seen him on the sidelines yelling at the refs. He's got that part right. down. I think he's definitely like, got, he, his resume now looks pretty good. He can definitely like give me the advice I need to like be a better runner in my life. But no, I completely agree. It's definitely like that. And first of all, even when even when I watched that, I just was kind of like, but I think that shows how real she is too. Because, you know, 
people make mistakes, but still everyone. But then, and then she killed it on the floor. Yeah, and exactly. you're just like, you're like oh, I just want to be great like her. <laughs> like, how, can, how can I be Simone? When can I get shoes that have a goat on them? Like her foot, like her slide. Right. I like a goat. Like, what? I just need to know. I think you just get to that level, and somebody like they just show up. You know, you're like, yeah. I finally made it to the goat status. The goat slippers are just at my door now. No, that's yeah, too. Like, she goes that. from obviously an event that doesn't have any music, then she goes to the floor and has the music, and kind of gives her that energy to bring it back. And when you see those things combined, because when she's sitting there in pure silence, just like in her thoughts, not even getting any coaching you kind of feel like a lot more tension and then she gets to go to an event where it has the music behind her, has a little bit of rhythm and it shows another example of how just little subtleties where you don't even realize, Oh, there's music involved when you think, Oh, it's just, just sports. This is the sports world, what she's doing. I feel like the music helped her in that point. You know, if she's going to the bars or something, you're more likely to be in your head and keep those thoughts going. But the music and kind of the freeness of the floor and the dancing involved in it kind of gets, got her out of that space and back to the level that everyone knows she's capable of. She's familiar with it, so for yeah. sure. I definitely think that's, like, the biggest thing. Who knew? Music really does make a difference in your life. Exactly. Well, speaking of the Olympics, you and I were lucky enough to be in Rio in 2016. You covered the track for all two, all two weeks, right? You were yeah, there for there. the whole time at the stadium every day. Do you have a moment, obviously, with the Olympics, there's the national anthems, there's crowds, you're in a different country, there's so many different cultures together. Is there a musical moment that kind of sticks out from your time covering that event? Or maybe something, Some explain the soundscapes of what you were experiencing in that huge soccer stadium every day. The sound, it was like screaming. I think the, I think like, of course, when you hear like, like our anthem, you're, you're just, it's cool because it's like, you get to see a lot of these athletes. Well, you get to spend that time talking with them in the prelims about why they're here and what means the most to them. And uh, I remember some girls were really talking about, you know, they wanted to, bring awareness to, you know, gun violence, or they wanted to bring awareness to ovarian cancer. Like there was just so many ways that, you know, these women were trying to use their platform. So when you hear, when you see them on stage and you see them, um, you know, playing their anthem and it's our anthem, you kind of get that emotional attachment of, God, I just remember talking with her a couple seconds ago about what this moment would mean for her. And like, now she gets to stand here in front of everybody um, and witness that. I mean, honestly, I think the biggest one though that I think I will remember forever was, of course, using Bolt's like last race and watching that and watching him stand on the podium for that moment. I think that's the biggest one I will always cherish. And I hope that, like, if I ever get abducted by aliens, they leave that <laughs> one image and that one, you know, that one moment in my mind because I'm like, no one's ever gonna like everyone was at home watching it but like you and i you know we were there yeah. like in these moments um and i feel like i remember us being like screw this we're gonna go watch it like i feel like we were like supposed to be like working or something like that yeah no, that's exactly what happened i remember we were with our, our buddy from new zealand and he was like no no, no we'll, we'll wait we'll wait and me and you were like sweating our slack was going off like where are you guys come back come back the because I think like the race had just finished before and like they're coming they're through the mix zone. Like we need to be here for the interviews. We're like, yeah. it's just saying both last race. And we snuck into this little spot that was supposed to be like a camera thing, but it was abandoned. So we were on the finish line, like in a little press section where no other fans were. We we're like, okay. well, we're here. We found the spot. There's no way we can leave until this race is up. So we're like waiting, like, come on, start the race, start the race, start the race. And it was like the real, right? So we come the four by one and he comes down, finishes. We all go crazy because he just 
takes off, blows by everyone as usual. And I think we sprinted, obviously not as fast, sprinted as fast as we could way down in the mix zone to be there for when they came through for the interview. So yeah, that was a memory I'll never forget. You know, like like I said, you know, like you describing that right there, like how many people can actually say they did that and like literally did not get in trouble? Because technically we did not get in trouble. We were still there. (laughs) So like, you know, you didn't get in trouble for not doing your job and you still got to watch one of the greatest runs. I think that hands down is something I will carry carry with me forever. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think those moments for sure. Um, The sounds, listening to that. Um, I mean, if you want to include people as sounds, I think it was just the mere fact of hearing everyone just go crazy for you. Say, I think it was also like his birthday. So they had this like called this little doll for him and things. And I think in that moment, I think that's what I really took in. Like, this is insane. Like, this is what this man has to deal with every day. Like, this is so cool. This is such a moment. This is such an amazing like atmosphere and hearing the fans, hearing the questions, you know, talking and everything. So I think it's that, you know, it might not be musical, but I think if that's something that you you mentioned of like, you know, the, the, the sights and the hearing, like what you hear, I think that alone, I'm like, it's undescribable. And it's something that you'll never get to hear directly in, in that specific again. Yeah. And you say it's not musical. Maybe it's not, you know, technically a note and stuff, but a crowd singing together, even a crowd just yelling together, as we've seen, you know, such a huge part of music because everything that happened with COVID and live music being taken away, you had these artists, you know, okay, we're starting to get out there. We got to promote something. We're making all this music. We're still doing our jobs, but we have no way to share it with you. So they were doing all these, you know, at home concerts and little things like that. And you could tell something was missing because it wasn't, it's not like the crowd was there singing, but even just that call and response of, you know, the cheering after a song is over and the thank you, like that's such a connection. It's the same thing with sports, you know, you see it all the time, kind of that crowd pop. I'm sure you get it all the time when you're doing highlights, right? When you editing together something like a running back breaks through and as soon as he gets to that second level, you can hear the crowd like all pop, like on the sound, like in the natural sounds behind it. And it kind of has like a musical note. It's like almost like a beat drop, you know, like the crowd just comes alive. Yeah. And it was definitely a moment too, like with the Usain Bolt running that you could hear it as soon as like the crowd's cheering the whole time, but it's a four by one. So he's the anchor, finally gets to him and you can hear that that level raise when he has the baton and he's streaking down and everyone's going insane ourselves included so yeah i think it's not you know technically musical but who's to say what is music it's all just a sound and a crowd coming together that's definitely has a musical characteristics to it yeah for sure i completely agree and speaking of that going off of more so your career with the nfl and stuff obviously kansas city one of the loudest places um in the league how was your experience there? Obviously, they have the chant with the, I don't even know what they call it, but the tomahawk chop, um, uh-huh. as Florida yeah. State calls it. I don't. I still, to this day, don't know who who can claim it first. You got Atlanta, you got Kansas City, and Florida State. I try to probably lean towards Florida State because they are the Seminoles. But either way, what was what were those moments like, especially in that season when that team was incredible and kind of some of obviously Kansas City's a rich music history uh, city as well. Is there any other moments to kind of stand out to you just being in that stadium for that Super Bowl run? Um, yeah, I think like, um, oh gosh, I cannot remember his name. Um, they, it was, it was during, during the military game. Um, and those are always fun because it's kind of like you get to um, say thank you to the guys who serve our country. Um, there's a guy and he's famous for going around and singing the national anthem. 
And I have never heard him anywhere else but that Chief Stadium. And Sean, when I tell you this man was phenomenal, like this, I think those are moments you you will never forget. <laughs> it's just that beautiful like sound of listening to someone who one served our country, but two, it's just like mesmerizing. I remember you could hear a pen drop in the like seating area because everyone was so stuck. Because I think for the longest time, the first season when they did really well, we didn't really get so many like people coming to like, you know, do the national anthem. You know, it was kind of like just come, just like find someone off the street and be like sing. Because they weren't like they they weren't that great before. Yeah, yeah so it was kind of like okay, like you know, you hear people talking, you hear people chanting, whatever. And then like Super Bowl year, it was like a totally different ball game. Like you had the best of the best coming. We had like so many superstars who were like oh, singing the national anthem, and we were just like, oh snap, we're making it up. Like we're moving up here now, guys. Like people are excited to sing an Arrowhead. And then I remember it was the military weekend, and that was one that I was just like, everyone was so silent and mesmerized by this man, and it just was phenomenal. And I hate that I can't remember his name, but. He's really well known for singing the national anthem at different games. But I think the experience that you get in that stadium is just overall insane. They're known for having the loudest crowd. And I remember thinking, like, whatever. And it's, like, so true. It's so, so true. Their their crowds are insane. We're like, I'm sitting up and I can see them, but I can feel it. Like, you know, that's the, that's when you know the crowd's insane, when you can feel. <laughs> like, And you're sitting above them. Um, but it was just like a beautiful thing, I think, to just see them, to just be there in that moment and be able to be on the field and be around all their fans all the time. That was my favorite part. I think my favorite, favorite, favorite part of covering the Chiefs was getting there early and talking with the fans and interviewing them. Everyone's so nice. They want you to eat with them. They want you to drink with them. And I'm like, I'm, I'm working. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, but they all have great stories. They all have, you know, a lot of Andy Reid's dress up, like it's just like amazing of a time to be there in that facility. And I think that's one thing that they will always have, especially since they won a Super Bowl and they're doing well. They will always have a huge fan base, and it's just like the coolest thing ever. I haven't experienced that yet because hello pandemic, but yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, I don't know. If, I'm waiting to see who can beat them for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can hear it through the TV and just the crowd. A bit of a left turn here to slightly more serious, but we've been talking about kind of the national anthems at the Olympics, and obviously the national anthem was what, a really memorable moment for you um, in Kansas City. Specifically with Kansas City, though, we've seen you know both sides of that where, I don't know if you were there, I think they played the Texans, like the season opener, and you know they the players came out and everything that happened last summer a symbol, just a symbol of unity, right? Locking arms in arms, standing for the Black Lives Matter movement. And there were definitely, again, boos that you could hear through the crowd, even though it wasn't a full crowd and things like that. And then going to the back to the Olympics, where we see, like you said, so many people, athletes that you talk to, um, these track athletes were even talking about, you know, social issues like gun violence and things like that. And this was back in 2016. But when they had that moment on the podium with the national anthem playing, that song is so powerful that it still moved them. I'm wondering now with everything that's happened, kind of how much more in the mainstream all these issues are, all the national anthem, pro, you know, pro, not even protests, but just demonstrations, you know, simple things like kneeling that are really peaceful. How those moments, especially with Tokyo coming up and maybe the NFL season again coming up this uh, coming fall, 
how those moments might change, how that connection to that song might change for a lot of these athletes. I don't know if you could speak on that. I think everyone wants to see change and they want to feel comfortable in their skin. They want to feel comfortable in their profession, but they all, they want to be looked at as a human. I think the one thing that everyone kind of, you know, does the whole thing of, well, you're a football player. No, no, no. I'm, I'm a person first, you know, like I'm a human being before I put on any outfit where I run on the track, do anything. I think you saw that during the Olympic trials when one of the, um, uh, throwers actually, uh, when they play the national anthem, she turned around and, and she didn't put her hand over her heart. And I think, you know, for her, that was the first moment I think anyone was like, Oh yeah, we're still doing, like, we still have a lot of work to do. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think we knew, but I, I hadn't seen anyone do anything like that in a while. You know, like it's not since I think the basketball, not since like, yeah, basketball, um, I will say here, the Orlando Pride women's soccer team, they're still kneeling. Um, and I think it's one of those things where I think until people feel comfortable in where they live and where they're in the skin they're in, it's going to always be something that people are going to stand up for. I think now more than ever, you're going to see that in Tokyo, whether it's even for women's rights, because I know that like, a lot of these Olympic women are mothers. And, you know, I think that's something that we're seeing a lot more is that these mothers are coming to the Olympics and the Olympic committee is like, oh, wait, maybe you can't have your kids. So, you know, now you're hearing Alex Morgan saying like, sorry, that doesn't really work for a mom that's like still nursing her child. Like that doesn't exactly. And like, would you going to tell Alex Morgan? No, <laughs> you're going to do that. So I think this year's Olympics will be very much monumental in a sense that I think women are speaking up for their rights. I think African-Americans, because I'm going to be honest, there are a crap ton of us going to the Olympics this year and it's beautiful. But I think if anything, you're going to see, they're going to continue to use their voice to say what they have to say and to spread this message. I think it's going to make a big impact in Tokyo. And I'm honestly looking forward to seeing it because this is the biggest stage for so many of these athletes, especially track athletes. And, you know, one thing that the shot put through, um, someone said, like she went on to talk about why she turned around during the anthem. And she was like, I don't hate this country. I don't hate track and field. I don't hate what I'm representing. It's just the fact that like, I'm not getting what I need, you know, like my black people, like our people are not getting what they need. Justice isn't served. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of that this year. For sure. For sure. I think you'll see a lot of it this year. I know the Olympics have said, you know, if they, if people do, I think wear Black Lives Matter stuff, like they will be kicked out or something like that. I don't want to like be on the record saying that, but like, I'm pretty sure like they, they came up with something along those lines. Um, Cause I remember thinking like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you, how do you go about that? You know, how do you, you know, in their minds, I guess they're trying to say like, we don't want anyone protesting or doing anything. Um, but at the same time, you're basically telling them we don't want you to fight for what you're what you believe in even though we know that like we believe in you to come here we don't want you to fight for what you believe in um so i'm interested to see how they go around it i'm interested to see how the basketball players do this um yeah because 
let's be real here, they're, they're pretty much all black too on that team. So like, I'm interested to see Plus what Kevin happens. Lyle. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah, Kevin Lyle. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm interested to really see what happens during this Olympics. Yeah, I'm, I'm as well, because like we talked about some of the most powerful moments when it comes together at the Olympics are those moments on the podium. I remember, um, you know, going to the swimming events, sneaking into some of those and just moments where like Simone Manuel wins and all the medals that Michael Phelps won. And you could tell just those moments of you felt a sense of pride of even, you know, just being there. I didn't swim any race. I wasn't sweating. I didn't put in all that effort, all the work that they put in. And yet they win and they're representing the United States of America. And every time you hear an athlete come off the Olympics, they always say it's a little bit different because you're representing your country. And I'm really interested to see, especially for those of the African-American community, how it's going to change because that connection to the flag, that connection to that song, specifically the national anthem, has definitely changed a lot, especially in the past years. Maybe they've always, you know, a lot of people have always felt that way towards the song, but it's now a lot more acceptable. It's now more out in the open of how that disconnect is there, where what they're standing for isn't exactly, you know, what the song is talking about. And even going back to the song specifically, how the guy who wrote it owns slaves. So there's a lot of things that have been brought to light more in the public space now with that song, where those moments where you think the Olympics, the national anthem plays, I have chills just sitting in my living room. Maybe you won't have as many chills. I'm really interested to see how people, just like the athletes are going to react and how people are going to react to maybe some of the things that come to light. Because like you said, this is a perfect opportunity of where sports and music come together you know you think about just even old national anthems people can name Whitney Houston singing the Super Bowl and people rank national anthems at the Super Bowl because it's such a poignant moment and that song is so powerful and has so many connotations to it that it's going to be really interesting to see how that might shift a little bit and of course how people will react and like you said maybe it's going to be used for other things I could easily see Megan Rapinoe leading the women's soccer team in some type of demonstration, whether it's really small, you know, just taking a knee or something like turning your back to it. And that could easily spark another huge debate, especially as they battle legally for their equal pay rights. And when again, they're going to, they're probably going to win the gold, hopefully knock on wood, go USA and our men's team, even though it's a U23 team. And I understand isn't even going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to see how that song gets used to create such a larger conversation. And it's just another great example of how, Music, especially combined with sports, can amplify a platform, can lead to so many different social conversations and just really speaks to a larger thing. You know, that iconic image of Don Carlos, you know, raising the black fist like that's still a thing that is used all the time now today, even if it's in a stupid uh, emoji. It's still such a powerful symbol of, you know, like black power. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how that conversation continues and maybe comes back up in ways, like you said, that you kind of forgot about because of how sports have shifted and because COVID really overtook everything. It was more so let, let's sort of worry about, you know, just getting back on the field. All these athletes just want a spot to be back out there. So I'm, I'm really, really interested to see how the national anthem specifically is, as a song gets used um, in the, such a big sporting event like the Olympics to kind of amplify some other social conversations. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, you're right about women's pay. I think there's just so much going on, <laughs> you know? Like, like, you, like, you just mentioned women's pay, and I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, we're still fighting for that. <laughs> like, it's just, gosh, we have so much we're still doing, and I love it, and I love the fight, but it's just like, when will we get it? So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm 
definitely will be watching everyone to see how they do. Yeah. And then kind of lastly, you and I are both very proud Tar Heels. And, you know, as a big time Power 5 school in the South, there are a bunch of traditions that go with the athletic program. There are a bunch of traditions that kind of just go around, you know, with the sporting events and stuff like that. So I'm not trying to lead you in any direction. I'm not going to list, you know, all the ones that we do have. I just want to ask you straight up, what was your favorite one and maybe some memorable moments of how maybe in a stadium or in the Dean Dome, music kind of really brought you back? And then when you go back to visit Chapel Hill, how it kind of, you find that reconnection when that song plays. Um, hands down, I literally almost, and this is so cheesy because I'm that person. Let's just be real. I will get <laughs> a Carolina Blue um, hoodie. I will get Carolina Blue shoes. I will get a Carolina Blue anything. Like I am that person. And I know my flaw. I know my strengths and my weaknesses. That is my weakness. Like anything Carolina blue, I'm like, let's just get it. Like we don't even need it, but let's just get it. That makes so, sense. Yeah. You know, so like whenever I hear like hard to sound or whatever, I, I'm not even going to lie. I tear up. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, yes, like go to hell, dude. Yes. Yes. All of you. Like it's just so like moving and so cheesy of me to like, it's so emotional. But I think, honestly, I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think what it is is that, like, I can share it with my mom. I think that is why I'm like, that's our tradition that, like, I can share with her and, like, love it. Because I remember when she taught me that song. And I remember when I came to UNC and she said, Do you know the words? And I'm like, Oh my God, am I gonna be, like, banned from UNC events? Like, are they not gonna let me in? Um, and I think it was just like one time I went to a football game with her and like we wrapped our hands around each other and it was like everyone, we went with my family and I think my, my mom and my cousin and I were the only ones that went to UNC. Everyone went to school like around Charlotte or a different Raleigh area. And the three of us like pulled each other in close because we felt that moment and we just started like, you know, going back and forth. And I think those are the things that I'm just like, that's what makes this moment with the UNC is so much fun. Like that's that moment where you can share things with your family. Um, and you know, you, you get excited and you, you know, you, you just lost a game or you won a game, but like you still want to sing it. Um, well, they usually don't sing it when we lose, but either way, like, you know, I think that, I think that one for sure, hands down, I get sad every time. Cause I'm always like, Oh my God, like, I love this school so much. And it's been, yeah. So and it brings back a lot of nostalgia, which everyone knows yeah. is an extremely powerful thing. And you're literally in arm in arm, you know, pre-COVID with people swaying back and forth that you don't even have a connection to. But your connection is this exterior thing. And the thing that triggers that is the song playing after a sporting event. So it's those two worlds where all these people are such different lifestyles. You know, you could be wearing whatever, but you're both wearing two completely different outfits. But it still has that same tinge of Carolina blue in it. And then the song comes on and you immediately know what to do just because oh, of the right. first few notes hit. And you put your arm around some stranger, which in most contexts would be really weird. Like, don't invade my personal space. Why are you doing that? Like, imagine on a subway, someone plays a song. Like, no one's going to, like, get together and go yeah. arm in arm. But because it's sports and because it's music and we have these extra connections, it really brings out kind of a, a unity that you don't often see other places in the human landscape. It's the one thing we all have in common. You know, yeah. like we don't have anything in common, but it's the one song. And even if people are like, I don't know how to sing it or I don't even know the name, 
you know when to like stub your feet and you know when to cheer and say go to hell too. You know, like you know those yeah. moments. Like <laughs> those are the moments that you know. So no, yeah, it's the one thing that I think just unifies all of UNC and that's one thing that I'm always like, oh my God, like okay, I'm gonna like get a little teary eyes thinking about it. But yeah, no, because I, I am legit that person that has probably unnecessary things that are UNC related. And I'm like but it's UNC. <laughs> so, yeah, it's probably it though. Especially like you were saying shoes and stuff. I mean, I thought like I need those those ones, those university oh, blue wow. ones. Like, please, somebody, if somebody has a plug, right. let, let Kendra know. Yes, please. Like, I'm dying. Every time I see them on like other websites, I'm like, should I just go ahead and break I the know. bank? Like, should we do it? Should I do it? Like, <laughs> me I, believe me, I contemplated. I literally contemplated it last night because, um, oh my God, I'm going to give away my secret. Well, I'm, going to, I'm giving it away to you, but whoever listens, Goat is having like a really good deal or like all of their ones and stuff are like at a decent price right now. And so I've just been like, all right, like, this might be my opportunity. Now like, the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, this might be it without feeling like I had to like sell my soul to the devil to get them too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, Kenji, I really appreciate the time. Before we get you out of here, just going to put you on the spot. One last question at the end. You've covered baseball. You've been to a bunch of baseball games. Being from North Carolina, baseball's huge there. Yeah. If you had a walk-up song right now, you're in the league, what would your walk-up song be? Um, my walk-up song? Um, oh, my God. It would be something so gangster. It should be something with, like, Snoop Dogg, and you'd have to blur out the words because, like, five-year-olds probably could not hear it. <laughs> Which song though? You gotta pick a song. I gotta pick a song. Okay. Um. Oh, I can sing it. I can't remember the name of it though. It's like la da 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 da. Or what's that one? Um. I can't think of the name it's right now. Analogy. Yes. You know, and I'd be like, I would literally just like go in. But like I said, that song is like so inappropriate for little kids. Like they would have to totally find the clean version. But I would probably choose that one just because I think. Wait, now I'm. Yeah, it's just Snoop D O double G, right? Yeah, but I think some of the words. Well, because I think they say, like, it's the curse word, curse word. Snoop Dogg. (laughs) So, like. Right, so I still need to find, like, a PG rated version of that because I don't need little kids, like, saying, like, Mom, what's this mean? Like, what? Um, Like, I saw the cutest sign the other day that said, like, my mom and dad won't tell me what this means, but LFG bowls. And I was like, that is the cutest thing ever. <laughs> because, like, you know, like, that yeah. is adorable. Like, I literally don't want my kids to know what that means either. But, like, <laughs> like that is so catchy and, like, so creative. But, no, it'd probably be that because I think it was just, like, such a, it's, like, such a boss song. Like, you, like, you immediately grab your attention and you're just like, oh, she's about to hit a home run on this first. Yeah, like, exactly. That. <laughs> Did you like walking up to the box? Right, like like the pitcher is now like shaking in his knees, and we'll probably just throw like an eighty three like miles per hour pitch, and I'm like, "That's baby's out of here, and we're gonna go." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kendra, really appreciate the time. Why don't you tell the people where they can follow you? Obviously, if they're in the local Orlando area, catch your newscasts on West Two. Um, where can they follow you on Twitter and follow what you're doing? Um, yeah, so Twitter, I believe it's Kendra underscore Melinda, M-E-L-I-N-D-A. And then on Instagram, that's the only one that I was able to get, Kendra dot Douglas. So if someone who is Kendra Douglas wants to change their name and give that to me so I can change my Twitter, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> would love to do that. 
but yeah, just Kendra dot Douglas and follow me. I love music. <laughs> Perfect. All right, that's the show. Tune in next time. Thanks so much, Kendra. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.